is that it's actually impossible to succeed without these four things that we identified. And these were the key reasons that we were able to... Welcome to Renegade Performance Radio, where we help everyday people like yourself to become fitter, stronger, faster, well-rounded, and fulfilled athletes. Through the lessons, failures, and success we have achieved over the past 10 years on our journey as CrossFit Games athletes and now coaches. Welcome Renegades to episode 1 of the Renegade Performance Radio. So I just want to kick off by talking a little bit about why we decided to start a podcast when we've got all these other things going on. And we really just wanted to share our experience with CrossFit over the past 10 years. So we've been in the CrossFit game a long time. We've been there from the time that the Open actually started. We competed in Carson, California. That's where all that YouTube footage of the famous tennis stadium is there under the lights. Um, And then we were there when it moved to Madison, Wisconsin. We've competed against some of the greats like Jason Kalipa and Rich Froning, and we've trained with amazing athletes like Tia Claire Toomey and Annie Thor's daughter. So we've been there and we've been through it all and we've seen a lot. But the reality is, from the outside, you guys only really get to see the journey of success, the, the highlight reel of the stuff that we've achieved over the last 10 years. What you don't get to see is the insight to what's actually happening behind the scenes. And the stuff that happens behind the scenes is actually the valuable stuff. That's the gold. Because what it's going to show you is what's actually possible for everyday people to achieve. And so we're going to be recapping our successes and all of that type of stuff with you guys. And Callum and I were actually doing this a couple months ago. Um, We were sitting down and we were talking about and trying to identify what the most important things were in our uh, CrossFit Games campaigns that we were a part of that truly made our team successful. And what we realized, and we've known this for a while, but never really put all the pieces of the puzzle together, is that it's actually impossible to succeed without these four things that we identified. And these were the key reasons that we were able to win Pacific Regionals, why we were able to qualify four teams of different athletes to the CrossFit Games, all which pretty much all of them were just like everyday people with jobs, just normal everyday people that managed to achieve elite elite athlete status. And so when we're recapping it, the first one is obviously your training, okay? So when we started and we were actually only focusing on training and because that's what we thought CrossFit was, was just training, right? You go into the gym, you do a bunch of hard workouts, you get sweaty and out of breath and you hurt and that's it. And we did that literally for years. Like we would spend hours and hours in the gym just doing like bunches of different workouts. But it wasn't until probably a few years in that Cullum actually started to realized that he wasn't progressing as fast as what he would have liked and he started to put a little bit more uh, effort into like the the sports science of the of the programming side of things uh, and realized that there was a lot more art and systemization that could be going into the way that you actually approach your training in the form of the program and now I actually have nothing to do with the programming side of things all I do is tell Callum that I don't like the workouts, and that's about it. Um, and so when it comes to the programming side, that is 100% Callum. 
Um, so he's put a lot of effort and time into that side of things. But the training side of things, when, well, the programming side of things, <clears throat> is something that it took us quite a few years to actually develop. And it has progressed and got better and better and better and is still getting better as more research is developed. Because the thing with CrossFit is it's actually an extremely young sport. It's not like marathon running, which has been around for hundreds of years and people have developed like systems that are tried and true and been tested across tens of thousands of people. CrossFit's got a very small catchment. So all the stuff that is uh, out there is relatively new research. And so it's still actually a developing uh, sort of field. Um, but we feel like we've started to actually move in the right direction there. Now, the second thing that we kind of got our um, head around or got introduced, which made a massive difference to our success and also the other athletes that we've kind of trained, is the mindset side of things. Now, the key one here that was game changer for us was the self-belief side of things. A lot of people, a lot of athletes have little to no belief in what they are actually capable of as humans. And initially, neither did we, and we were just normal people, and we had no, we no one around us had ever gone to the CrossFit Games or done anything like that, so we had nothing to kind of like spark that initial sort of um, imagination of, oh, maybe I could do that, because we had no one to, to model ourselves off. And it wasn't until that we actually started to have a few small successes at other sort of events that we actually then started to build a little bit of momentum in the self-belief side of things and think, hey, maybe this is possible. Maybe we can compete on that big stage on like with all those other athletes. Because up until that point, no one had done it. So that was actually a really big obstacle for us to overcome was, can we do this? Are we capable of doing this? And we see this in like sort of everyday life with just people in the gym the whole time. Like the limitations that people put on themselves are they're so damaging because it means that the limitations that you put on yourself, if you don't believe in what you're actually trying to, what you could achieve, means that you often don't even try. You don't even use these tactics that are available to you to actually try to be better. It doesn't matter if you don't want to go to the CrossFit Games or anything like that. There's still so many things that you could be achieving as a human, which you're not because you don't believe it's possible. And so that was one of the big things that we identified. And it wasn't actually until we started working with David Neethy. Now, David Neethy is uh, Lydia Ko, um, former golfer, mental performance coach, um, Israel Alessandra's um, mental performance coach. Like he's worked with like some really, really top level New Zealand athletes. Like he's, I'm pretty sure he still works with like the Breakers, like all of the, the top athletes in New Zealand. He's done mental performance work with. And we were extremely lucky to be able to work with him pretty early on in our careers before our first sort of CrossFit Games campaign that we went on. And this guy is powerful, man. Like, so he's probably about sort of 6'2", 6'3", from memory, but he's broad, he's wide, and he's a powerful man, and he's got a deep voice. And this man can make you believe anything with his strategies and with his words. And what he did was he, he just taught us some tactics that um, now we can use with other athletes and implement ourselves about mental performance and how you approach your thinking, how you approach your training, and how you approach your competition. Because 
this this was actually a pivotal moment for us because on paper as athletes we probably actually weren't the best athletes we weren't the best team um there were much fitter stronger athletes with bigger lifting numbers and more gymnastics capacity and all of that type of stuff and individually like scores that are better than ours in the open and whatnot <clears throat> but what matters is what actually happens in on the competition floor and when we were in competition we were able to perform at the absolute highest level of our ability when it mattered and now that is what's actually important is being able to perform under the lights under the pressure and so when we were introduced to all these different strategies that was what allowed us to separate ourselves from a lot of the other teams and athletes in our regions and so there were some really key things that we learned that we now we actually learned how to think and that's the key word there is learned the we did not know these things but we learned how to do them and we're learning how to do these things as adults like we were pretty old as far as athletes go uh, when we were on our CrossFit Games campaign would have been probably about 27 uh, ish when we were kind of did our first campaign that was me Cullen was in his 30s Gemma would have been in his 30s Megan was close to me so as far as like athletics potential goes we were uh, past our prime and uh, getting close to our youth by date at that point especially compared to uh, the youth athletes that are coming through now and so the fact that we could learn it later in life is just proof that everything is learnable and then moving on uh, the third thing that we identified which and this is actually an order so like we First, we figured out the programming side. Then we figured out how to think. And it wasn't until actually much later that we learned how to actually eat properly. And it would have been around, it was the, sorry, it was the CrossFit Games 2015. It was our first games experience. We were rookies. We are in California. And we had just had a, just a brutal amount of uh, training leading uh, into the CrossFit Games between regionals. Like we were doing absolutely everything in our power to prepare ourselves physically for the Games. What we weren't doing is fueling ourselves adequately and recovering properly from this training. And this led to a rigmarole of issues that all came to head when we actually arrived in California. And so we arrived in California, excited as a bunch of, we were like little kids at that point, um, just absolutely fizzing to uh, get to the competition and get to the games. And we, we got all of our CrossFit Games swag, which literally took up, our, we had to all buy extra bags to get our stuff home. They give you so much stuff, um, Reebok gear and everything like that. And we were fizzing, excited as you can imagine. And then uh, first workout comes, um, well, in training camp, I'm pretty sure, I vaguely remember it was either Megan or Cullum had a bung calf um, and then someone else was nursing a back injury and then first workout I get in there it was a worm swim workout we actually did okay in it I think we kind of like sort of 20th ish which is not bad considering um, that Megan had never swam in her life prior to training for the games and um, and I compressed a disc in my spine um, because I was the worm deadlifts. So I'm, I'm about a foot taller than all the girls in our team and I had a girl either side of me, which meant I was hinging from a really bad position and the tightness ended up causing me to slip a disc uh, or compress a disc, sorry. And which is 
partially as well because I was not recovering properly from my training or the build-up. And so when you're going into a competition and your body's so beat up because you're not adequately recovered because you haven't eaten properly to recover, the even though the movement pattern was the reason that I injured myself, I used that movement pattern because I was not recovering properly. And it all leads back to the nutrition. The other side of it is I had to lose a bit of weight to perform a bunch of, um, of the higher skilled gymnastics like strict handstand press-ups and stuff. And due to that, I was in a, like quite a significant calorie deficit throughout this whole process, which means once again, throughout my whole training process, I wasn't fueling myself. And so it wasn't until after their games that we realized that there was so much more to the nutrition side of things in CrossFit that differs from every other sport out there. It, we were primarily using like a modified version of what a bodybuilder would use to, in order to get in shape. And we tried different other um, things like from different other sports and whatnot. And we were reading carbohydrates, but nowhere near to the level that we needed to be in order to perform at the highest level. And so that was a massive eye-opener for us. And that was when we transformed the way that we thought about nutrition and started to really dive deep and making sure that all of our athletes were eating appropriately for the workload that they were doing, which then improved performance output and reduced injuries, everything started to fall together. Now, those are three key things that you have to do as an athlete, but there's something that ties them all together. And this is the thing, without this last thing, the other three things are far less effective or not even effective at all. And we identified that the reason that we were able to succeed with our nutrition, with our training, with our mindset, is because of this extreme accountability that was held between all of us as athletes. And so in the first couple of years when we were competing, it was an accountability to each other. But then in the later years, it was accountability that the team had to each other, plus to us as coaches. And that's what really brings it all together. So when you, all of this stuff, like your training, eating well, the whole nine yards, nine out of 10 times, like as athletes, there's going to be times in your life where you do not want to train. There's going to be times in your life where you do are negative. There's times in your life where you don't feel like doing your recovery. This happens to every single athlete in the world. And like even the elite athletes don't want to do stuff. But there's a switch inside of their brain where they're accountable to someone, whether it be their coach or the other members of their team, which makes them go, I do not want to let that person down. And that is so much more powerful than just not wanting to let yourself down. That external motivation as humans is like one of the key things, the core factors of sticking to something during the process of personal development, during the process of improvement. And so having accountability is absolutely vital to your success. And if you don't have it, the chances of you succeeding are drastically going to reduce. And I, I guarantee that. And with this, there's there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Like people will still do well with it. But what you don't know is how well they would do if they had it or if they were working on all these things. So if you take an athlete, for example, that say they don't work on their nutrition, for example, and they've, they've got a strong mindset and they train hard, but they'd like, nah, do whatever I want on the nutrition. And they're still a high performer. 
Can you imagine how good that athlete would be if they actually dialed in their nutrition and got them, like, got it absolutely honed in? Same thing goes for, like, say, um, the mindset. Like, sometimes I've spoken to people, athletes before, and they're like, nah, I don't need to do any work on mindset. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, chances are you actually do it subconsciously and you don't even realize you're doing it. And that's going to be something that's occurred because of the way that you were brought up. So you're actually taught to think a certain way when you're a child, which is lucky for you. Great. But you actually already have a strong mindset. Good on you. But once again, imagine if you could hone that in and perform at an even higher level with a stronger mindset, how amazing your performance could be. Same thing goes for the training program and the training effort. Like imagine if like if someone's just doing random training without any actual decent progression in it, imagine how good you could be if you actually had something that was dialed in to exactly what your needs are. And then finally, like some people say, I don't need accountability. Well, imagine how good you could be if you were accountable to someone and you truly actually did uh, care about letting them down, how amazing your performance could be and like how the effort that would go into other areas of your life in order to perform at a high level because you don't want to let that person down. And that could be anything. Like it could be going to bed on time because you know that you've got an early training and you don't want to let the team down by not performing well for example. There's so many ways that accountability works and it's just having that in the back of your brain that you don't want to let that person down is one of the key contributors to success. And yeah, as I said, there might be exceptions to the rule, but they just probably don't even know that they're doing it and they would probably be significantly better if they did. And this is actually your opportunity to accelerate past athletes that aren't incorporating these four pillars by you actually working on it. So if you can hone in your training, your plan that you're using to accelerate your development, the way that you think about your development, the nutrition that you're using to develop you, and then have someone hold you accountable to all of these things that you say you want to do, then this is where you're going to actually be able to go from being like an average Joe athlete to where you want to be, like being able to do all these amazing things. And this could just be going from, for example, being a scaled athlete to an intermediate athlete or an intermediate athlete to an RX athlete, or maybe you want to be an, you're already an RX athlete and you want to become elite. Then this is the path to do it by focusing on these four areas. You only need to have these four things and then everything else is going to fall into place. And we, you just need to be able to formulate a way to actually do that. And in about a week, we're actually releasing um, Renegade Performance 2.0, which for the first time since sort of 2018, we're actually going to be able to provide this system to athletes like we haven't been able to do since we were training our games team. And it's a that's a whole other reason about why we haven't been able to do it. But we want to be able to provide two athletes on scale. So not just working with like six athletes at a time. Um, we want to be able to work with anybody who's who wants to be able to progress to that next level and just doesn't know how to get there specific to them. And we're extremely excited about this process of the, that's going to be launching. So do keep um, an eye on your, on our social media channels for updates on that. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to today's uh, first episode, and I'm excited to just bring you our 10 years of knowledge bombs that is coming along. All right, we out. 
If you're ready to become a renegade, reach out to us at renegadeperformance.co.nz and start a free 14-day trial to see how we can help you break through your plateaus.